The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, plagues, from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you, They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons. And they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Serious words today from the Lord, isn't it? Serious, serious words and. He's speaking about this perplexing and oftentimes fascinating but often confused teaching that the end of the world is coming. The end of the world. Nothing fascinates us, or a few things rather, fascinate us than this topic. But it kind of set the stage of what our Lord here is setting up. So to give you the context, this speech that he just gave to his followers, his apostles. This was the last full speech he gave 
before his passion and death. So if you remember, we, we all know the story well. When Jesus goes to Jerusalem, he has the Last Supper, of course. And then the next couple hours, he's arrested, beaten, tortured, crucified. And three days later, he rises from the dead. So that whole, that whole passion and death, all of that is about to happen. Jesus knows this, but his apostles don't know this yet. They have no idea at this point. And this is the last full speech before all of this happens. So in a sense, Jesus now, what we, that we hear here, he's, he's about to prepare them. And by extension, all of us, to what to expect his future followers will have to endure. He gave this speech on what's called the Mount of Olives. So imagine Jerusalem. Jerusalem, of course, the ancient city is a walled city. And it's surrounded on three sides by, by a large valley. And so if you're coming to Jerusalem from the east, you have, to, you have to first come to the Mount of Olives. And then there's a valley. And then, after this valley, is the magnificent city of Jerusalem. And so, and so, the, so the apostles and Jesus are coming into the city from the east, on the Mount of Olives. And, and from the Mount of Olives, you see a beautiful skyline of Jerusalem, that ancient city. And the dominating feature of Jerusalem, of course, is the holy temple. That is why it says here in the beginning, they were gawking at the temple, weren't they? They said, wow, look at this temple. Adorned with costly stones and votive offerings. And as they're gawking at this, Jesus lays out a precarious future. He says, all that you see here, a day will come when all of this will be thrown down, stone upon stone. Again, to get the impact of this, we have to first realize that the temple is the most sacred place for them. It's the most, it, it, it is literally them for them. It is the dwelling place of God. It is the holy place of offering sacrifices. It was not only that, but it was... It was for them the representation of the entire created universe. If you were to visit that temple, it was, it was absolutely magnificent. That it would be decorated with, with the constellations of the sky and the stars. You know the menorah, the, the famous Jewish candle with the six candle stands? There's, that represented the seven planets that, you could, that, they could, that they, you could see from Earth at that time period. They had... Images of, of, of the oceans, the seas, animals. So for the temple, it was the most sacred place. And for them, when Jesus says, all of this will be gone, we can't fathom what that would have left upon them. Because ask yourself, what is the most important building to you? It's kind of, it's kind of, you don't have to yell it out or anything. But, huh? What is the most important building? And hopefully you don't say... The Atlantis, or, or <laughs> the Peppermill, or your favorite restaurant. No, as fun as those things are. But I think for most of us, our most important building that we have, it's probably our home. What do you say? It's probably our home. Because what happens at home? I mean, first of all, our home is probably the largest object we're ever going to buy. But it's what takes place in the home. Because the home is where our families reside. It is, it is the memories of growing up with our kids. It is the memories of, of, of 
young couples growing up, starting their life together, memories of family and friends, happy, and all the whole spectrum of, of family life. Home is, the famous saying, is where the heart is. Imagine your home being wiped out. In 2006, I was first sent abroad to study in Rome, and I would begin what would eventually be five years there. And before the school year begins, in any seminary, wherever you study, we always start off with a five-day silent retreat to, to get us spiritually and mentally ready to begin the year. And in the year 2006, I was, I was in Rome, I was excited to be there in the center of the church, and, and we're all packing our bags, getting ready, because we're going to this retreat center, but it was about an hour south of Rome. It's a beautiful retreat center. It's just on the outskirts of Rome, and you can see the whole Roman skyline. The, in fact, the Roman emperors would go to this particular place in ancient times because it was a lot cooler, because Rome is hot and humid. And, and we, so we were going to the retreat center for a week, so we're all packing our bags, getting ready. We're, we're literally boarding the bus, and I said, oh, wait a minute. Let me check my email one last time. I'm going, to be away from the, I'm going to be away from the computer for five days. And for young people, that's, you might as well starve to death. Because you know, we're always connected somehow. So let me check my email briefly. Real fast before I go on a five-day detox. So I run up to my room. Everyone's boarding the bus. But I run up to the room. I log on my computer. There's an email from my cousin. A short email. About two lines. Direct. Said Brian, everyone is okay, but your house just burnt down. I said, What? It's a joke? What are you talking about? That was it. Call home immediately. Call home? I'm about to board a bus, about to go on a five day silent retreat. What are you talking about? And so there was no way for me to call. So I immediately board the bus, it's on my mind, like, What? What's going on back home? Because I'm halfway across the world right now. And my cousin just told me my house just burned down. Where's my family? Where's my mom and dad? Where's, where's my little dog? I had a little chihuahua at the time. I was like, where's my little dog? My dog, my dog, okay. <laughs> What's going on? So all these things are running in your mind. And all of a sudden, we get to the retreat center. I'm thinking, okay, five days of silence and thinking about this. <clears throat> Utter helplessness. Eventually, I was able to get a calling card. When you still have calling cards back in those days, I got a calling card called home. My mom answered. I said, Mom, what's, what's going on? The house is gone. What are you talking about? The house is gone. It burnt down last night. And so that's how I began my silent retreat. <laughs> A few months later, I was actually able to fly back home. They, they allowed me to go back home. I don't, it's hard to describe, but when you're standing in front of your childhood home, just, just flattened, smoldering, black ashes. The, the closest thing I can describe that, it, it's, as if, it's as if someone you love died. That's the closest thing I could describe it to, by the way. I mean, I know it's just, it's just a building and it's just stuff. But for, for, but for us, I mean, home is, is, means a lot more than just walls or a roof or carpeting. But it felt like someone had died. And that's just a house. 
How much more now for the Jewish people where their entire civilization revolves around the temple? And Jesus just told them, guess what? All of this will be gone. That's a kick in the gut. Amazingly, our Lord's prediction will come true in many different ways. Because when our Lord spoke this speech here, he was speaking around the year 30. Forty years later, in the year 70, we have what's called the Jewish War. Rome would send down her legions to squash the Jewish revolt. The Roman Empire laid siege upon the city of Jerusalem for seven long months. And it was said that we have a first-hand account by the historian named Josephus, who said that the Romans would siege that city. They cut off all access routes. They cut off all supply lines, all water sources. They breached the walls. And Josephus said that when they breached the walls, the Romans would go on, and according to some estimates, A massive slaughter in the hundreds of thousands. Because at that that time period, if you breached a a, a city wall in battle, you had free reign to kill anybody you wanted. If you didn't surrender and and come to terms, then they would give you mercy. But if you tried to fight and defend yourself and you refused terms for battle, there was no holding them back. Hundreds of thousands of Jews were slaughtered. And not only that, the Romans, the Romans were particularly brutal. They weren't satisfied with simply killing you, but they wanted to wipe every, every sense of existence of you. So they leveled the entire city of Jerusalem, stone by stone. Their amazing temple wiped out, stone upon stone, nothing left. And it left a huge gaping scar on the Jewish people to this very day. The temple was never rebuilt. If you go to Jerusalem now, it's a mosque. That is why you see those images of Jewish people praying on the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall is just the, it's just the stones to hold up the mountain, the, the hill that it's built upon. And it's just the foundation stones, the retaining wall. And it's so holy to them that just touching the, the retaining wall is sacred to them. But then now our Lord continues. Because now here wasn't just the fact that the, that the temple was destroyed. But our Lord said, now, what the temple represented, which was the entire created order, the entire universe, just as this destruction, this literal destruction of the temple happened, so now, so now will the entire universe come to an end. One day. At an hour that we do not know. But what our Lord lays out here, he says there will be signs before the final end of the world will come. This is the image from the first letter of, from, the, from the prophet Malachi that we hear that it would be, it would, all things would burn up. That's imagery of a new creation now that Malachi was using, predicting himself that the end of the world would come. And so he's predicting the end of the world and he says to them, before the end of the world comes and I come back a second time, He says, you, my followers, you disciples, all of us, before the world ends, the church 
will have to undergo tremendous and horrific suffering first. He lays it out. They will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues, to prisons. They will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. Even parents and brothers and relatives and friends will hand you over and put you to death. It's a positive picture, isn't it? Hey, become, become Christian. Look, look what we offer you. The Lord says that we have to undergo tremendous trial here. See, that is why last week I asked to begin uh, this prayerful campaign to pray together precisely as a family. Because all of us will suffer. There's no escaping it. But the beautiful thing is, and I know this is a heavy, heavy topic, but the Lord here is constantly saying, all of this will happen, but guess what? Don't be afraid. What are you talking about? Of course I'm afraid. Don't be afraid, he says. Because your suffering and your trials will allow you now to become my witnesses. Beautiful, isn't it? That as faithful Christians, if we stay true to the very end, we will become martyrs. That is where the word martyrs comes from, from the Greek word, which literally means one who bears testimony. You see, you and I are called to bear testimony to Jesus Christ, especially through trials and tribulations. This is where we shine. When we suffer, when we were beat down, when we're literally killed, and all of a sudden we say and we smile and we rejoice because our foundation ultimately is Christ. Christ, my friend. That is why the Christian is never, da- un- un- never, never daunted, never gives up hope. And when you look at 2,000 years, looking back now, comfortably, 2,000 years of Christian history, the Lord spoke to 2,000 years ago. Has, our wor- has the words of our Lord come true? Yes. Look at the bloody history of Christianity. Again, remember, I- The most persecuted religion in the world is you and me. Thousands of us die every year. Again, it's kind of hard to fathom here in the United States, especially in California, where where mostly we're just ridiculed, made fun of, marginalized. That's, That's fine. Not so across the world. So my friends, the words of Jesus are as alive today as it was uttered back then on that Mount of Olives. So if you're persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ, you're in good company. But pray for the strength, as the Lord here says. The last line I'll end here. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Stay strong. Stay faithful. Because our Lord is coming back soon. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.